Oh, that's a tough loss. Boy. For me, at least, the one of the reasons, maybe the reason, it is maybe worse than it would otherwise be in a, for a regular season loss. Because finally, finally, the game where we really see the offense dig in their heels, they respond to some poor play, both offensively and, and certainly from the pitching staff as well. The bats actually pick up the rare misfire by the starter. They mount their biggest comeback since before the all-star break and they lose anyway. Just another painful, heartbreaking loss for the Jays made again, somewhat worse by the tightly packed standings in the American league. The Jays obviously weren't going to win every single game until the end of the season, but they, in my opinion, should have absolutely won this game after they rallied. But uh, boy, Romano's fourth blown save of the season gives the Jays a 7-6 walk-off loss after rallying uh, from an early 5-0 deficit. Welcome to Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on Sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali here with you, taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, 1-888-666-0590, star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text me. That's the people's text line, and it is always open. Yeah, that's a... Mm, that's a tough one. And you know, let me put it this way. If I look at the text line and again, 590, 590 name and location, I'm just going to read you a whole bunch of these because <laughs> there's a lot of Romano text. Let's put it that as you would expect, right? Let's see. Graham in Kelowna asking about the challenge. They got one of two challenges wrong. I will be interested to hear about that certainly as well. If only because I, I want to know, they challenge. I think it might have just been the way the umpire worded it because he 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 essentially said they're challenging the call at first and second. I don't. It's it's not. I believe, and I'd have to double check, but I don't. I do not believe because I see a couple texts on this that they made essentially two challenges. They made one challenge, and I think you can challenge two different parts because it was one play. But I think that that is essentially it. That's essentially the, it because I see a bunch of questions on that. Uh, Romano though, Andrew from Kitchener. This one's on John Schneider. Why did he leave Romano? It's as dumb of a call as pulling Gosman in the wild card game. This loss is on John Schneider. Romano should have been taken out of the game. Let's see. Ray in the Yukon. Explain the decision behind why he stayed in the game when Meza is ready to pitch to low. Romano got his chance, blew it early. Andrew in London. No reason to pitch to low in the ninth. I was screaming at my TV to walk him. No idea why we pitched him. Springer looks hurt as well. And Tony from Kitchener. I'm disappointed in Schneider. I don't care if Romano is the closer or not. He clearly has something wrong with his fingers and giving up hits. Why not take him out? Why not walk low when he is hitting righties? Well, I can't. These games matter. No time to be stubborn. Allow your team a chance. A, a number of these uh, texts, and I will get to a couple more a little later on. I, you know, for me, I don't, first of all, think this will necessarily change the closer role for the Blue Jays with just, I guess, seven games net left now. Nor do I think, because only Romano has been good all season long, it shouldn't change even if he does make it an adventure, but I agree with you guys. He didn't have it today. He was looking at his fingertips a lot. This seemed to be, that seemed to have been, we'll have to see what Schneider says after the game, but there seemed to have been some kind of question as to what, what was something going on with his fingers. Like before he even came in before the leadoff double and especially after the leadoff double, that was a really tough spot for him to melt down. And it just given that he did not have it, it is baffling for me to let him stay in the game in that situation. I know closers to answer everyone's question. Like why, why was he left in? Explain it, explain it. 
the only the only thing I can think of, because I agree that he just did not have it, is that closers tend to be given the longer leashes generally. And I think there is an old school mentality out there that sometimes it's just, I'm using air quotes here. Your closer is your closer, no matter what. And I, and again, I don't necessarily uh, always agree with that. It's just funny because I, I see some people kind of saying like, oh, the khakis blew it. And I, I almost feel like it might be the opposite. I don't know. I don't know if it was some, some kind of advanced analytics decision-making going on there. I actually feel like it might be the complete opposite in which the manager felt that, well, he's the closer. That's his role. He's going to go. There's one out. He can get this last guy. And when, you know what, for me, I'm not sure because I, I generally do actually for the most part, agree with that. But if you're going by in, in individual situation by situation today, it was clear from the get go from the time Romano took the mound and he threw a lot of pitches yesterday as well. From the time he took the mound, he did not look entirely right. And he does make it an adventure a, a good chunk of the time, if not all the time. So maybe they felt he could weather this storm, but Boy, after the game, after the save had already been blown, I'm not sure there was any positive part of Romano's outing that would have given you confidence to leave him out there. Like the game, the game at this point, even if the, you get you getting out, the game is going to extras. The game is already going to extra frames. So I don't know. Do, do you do you continue to roll the dice, knowing is the idea that you want Mesa for the tenth? I guess, but. Mesa is out there. Josh Lowe at the plate. You have the lefty on lefty matchup for just the one out. Mesa has been mostly nails in such a situation all season long. Oh, a baffling situation. I, you know, even if you don't want to bring in Mesa, walk low. He's, he's probably one of their most dangerous batters all season. He's one of their best guys. Brandon Lau is not available. Randy Rosarena didn't, didn't play today. Kevin Cash said Rosarena was actually available to come off the bench and he did not. So that probably means he is, he is ailing a little bit, but one of the most dangerous batters all season has been Josh Lowe. It just seems, it seems like a strange situation to let him be given the chance to end this game. And again, it's just a real crappy way for this one to end because you know what, after Hyunjin Ryu, and we'll talk about Ryu, he didn't have it. After the bats picked up Ryu, you got, I actually thought you got some very good outings from virtually every pitcher not named Hyunjin Ryu or Jordan Romano today. All of the relievers I thought pitched very well, including Trevor Richards, including Jimmy Garcia, certainly Chad Green, certainly Yenesis Cabrera. And it just feels kind of all for naught in the end. It's just a real bummer. Uh, 416-870-0590. one 590 Star 590 on your cellular device. Let's go to the phones. Lots of you guys on hold. We'll take all your calls. Matt in British Columbia starting us off. Matt, what's on your mind? Hey, show. Uh, great to be here. First time caller, long time listener. You know, uh, you've already touched on everything about Romano, and that's what I'm here to talk about. Yeah. Like, like you said, Romano was having finger issues before he even came into the game, so I was concerning alone. First batter, allows the base hit. You see Schneider and the trainer come out. So if there's an issue like that, with, we only got seven games left. This is crunch time. Do we have time to play games and say, oh, I care about feelings more than about this team winning? Like this batting lineup crawled their way back into the game on the road, in the trop, no other place. Down 5-1. They take the lead 6-5. They're in the ninth inning. We need these wins badly right now. And Romano's off. He allows three hits. He's still in the game. 
why we, why is he not getting pulled? Is Snyder more worried about hurting feelings rather than winning games at this point? Like this is a massive game. Biggio two for five or whatever. The whole lineup contributing. Like this was the win we needed. Now it feels like a sick feeling in our stomach, and we don't know what's going to go from here. Like it's just a really tough loss today, and it's not the first. But yeah. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for joining us here here on Jay's Talk. I yeah, it's a tough one to stomach because. Like I think anytime you get walked off, it just it sucks. Obviously, it's not hardly a hot take, but boy, when when you see the, I feel like a lot of the criticism that has been levied, certainly by me, and I think by a lot of people at the team all season, has been that boy when you go down four nothing, you go down five nothing, and you think to yourself, can this offense, based on what we've seen all season long, actually mount a comeback? And then they do, they do actually mount the comeback, and then it's blown in like the span of five minutes, essentially which is a really rough way for this one to end. I, I mean, I see a texture on the text line, kind of to Matt's point, Jay from London. Problem was he should have left Hicks in last night, not gone to Romano in the eighth. Maybe you can, you can argue that it was, it is somewhat of a ripple effect. Perhaps I don't think that's an entirely unfair assessment. I uh, was listening to Ben and Ben Wagner and, and Nicholas and Smith talk after this game when their wrap up portion of the broadcast and BNS making the uh, completely valid point that, I think at this point, you just have to give Romano a bit of a breather. I mean, he, it's third game in a row. You just don't want Romano pitching three games in a row anyways, but good heavens. I mean, he, he just he just didn't look right. That, it, it's why like, usually I don't have a huge issue with letting your closer be the closer more often than not, but if the guy doesn't look right right away and then you blow the save, I just I admit I don't un- entirely understand keeping him in there. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 416-870-0590. One triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell. Uh, Billy joining us in Markham. Billy, what's on your mind? Haven't heard you f- from you in a while. What's up? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, show a C- couple of things. Sure. Uh, n- number one, I mean, with Romano, l- let's just be real. R- R- Romano has been on thin ice all year. I-, I know, I know his stats look good, but every game he comes into, it's a scare job. So this doesn't surprise me at all. Where I probably would have went different today was since Romano pitched yesterday. Do, uh, can our can our pitchers not go more than one inning? I mean, thing looked good. Garcia finally looks good. Why not have him come back out for the ninth? Why do we always have to go? This reminds me in gambling in gambling terms. So is that you know the dumbest bet in, in in gambling is a parlay. When you bet four or five game parlay, you can get four of those five games right. The one game you get wrong, you lose a parlay. Even though you, you're you've made great bets, you've just lost one. This is the same with. This is the same with relievers. You bring it four of your five guys can look good, but the one guy that, that looks bad winds up killing you, and that's what happened today. Very simply put, I would have come back with Garcia. Uh, no, no question about especially after Romano threw 24 uh, pitches yesterday. And if Garcia falters, then I come in with the lefty. I mean, I'm not coming back with Romano. I'll wait for tomorrow for Romano and give him a day off. As for the call, uh, you, you, t- you talked about it earlier, and I, I, I thought of that right away. One thing that Kevin Cash isn't is dumb. He knows the rules like crazy, and I guess he knew that you could question both of them and it only counts as one because, because if the rule was that you get the first call wrong, you don't get to question the second one, then I'm going to guess Cash would have went for first base first because that one looked like he was safe, uh, he was safe on the play. He would have went there, then he would have questioned the second one and not cared if he lost it. But you know what? Tough loss, but this Tampa Bay team has not impressed me the last couple of days. The Jays, you just got to get in. The Atlanta Braves do not scare me. 
The Houston Astros do not scare me. There's nobody in Baltimore is coming back to earth. Everybody's beaten them. The Houston Astros, Oakland's walked in there, took two out of three. Kansas City kicked the crap out of Houston. Jays, it is right there for you. If you can get in, I'm not saying you're going to win it all, but you got just as good a chance as anybody. That's it, show. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining me here on uh, on Jays Talk. You know, I I I agree with the, the assessment of the challenge, right? Because I really do think that Kevin Cash, again, exactly like Billy said, if he if he could only have made one, you're going for the guy at first because then because the game has already been tied at that point, essentially, right? So I again, I, I don't have a, I admit I don't have a huge issue with the whole challenge thing. I, I truly think the confusion lies almost entirely with the way the umpire announced what it was. If he had just said, like, if he had literally just said, the Rays are challenging the call of safe at first base, and, and they also reviewed the second base thing as well. I mean, I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe it would have been slightly confusing if, if the, if we saw shots of second and, and first, but I, I would be willing to wager it probably happens more than we think. And the umpires just don't say it. I really do believe that the, the confusion lied mostly laid mostly with the way the umpire actually like announced his wording of it, of the announcement. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if I would I admit uh, to Billy's point as to who you go to instead of Romano. I, um, I agree with this point that perhaps you can let guys, especially relievers, go longer than one inning, especially because the bullpen has been so good for so much of the season. I'm not sure for me, and I say this as someone who has been as big a booster of Jimmy Garcia as anyone else across this network. I'm not sure I want to roll the dice with Jimmy Garcia only because this season, Jimmy Garcia has not looked great. And I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not going to give him praise. If we're handing out praise to a bunch of different guys today, even in a brutal loss, then we must do so for Jimmy Garcia because he looked great, right? It was against the bottom of the order, but he bamboozled Margot Aranda. And I guess it was walls at the end. He got all of them with pretty, pretty much relative ease. Even if he fell behind, he leaned on the curve and he leaned on the four seamer and the, the velo is nasty on the four seam fastball. And it's the, it's the location that he sometimes struggled with. And he didn't really struggle with either today. So I, I get the idea that you could bring him back out there. It's just, I don't, I don't know if you really want to gamble with uh, with Jimmy Garcia, like of all people, like I, I don't think anyone had an, an any issue with them. I don't know if it's quite a gamble, but asking a little bit more of Chad Green, who came in and got I think five outs, right? Like he, he has looked phenomenal. I mean, you can talk a little bit more more about Chad Green and the and the pitching, the staff, certainly the 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 bullpen as well. But yeah, for me at least, as uh, as maybe I'm a little more risk averse, but I don't know that I would of the specifically the guys who were in this game. I, I, I frankly, I was a little nervous when Jimmy Garcia came in, even against the bottom of the order. But kudos to him, he got it done. But yeah, Romano, unfortunately, the one uh, taking the loss and certainly blowing his fourth save of the year. Of course, John Schneider is chatting with the media. He was asked about it. Let's hear what he had to say. Uh, Hazel May starting us off. He uh, kind of cracked the nail a little bit last night, so we, you know, knew that going in. Um, just wanted to make sure he was good. He was looking at it, but um, I don't think it affected him um, physically. I just wanted to make sure that it was good. What did he say to you that kind of convinced you to keep him in there? Uh, he said, "I'm good. I'm good to make pitches. See you later." Yeah, I mean, it's your closer. It's a guy that you, you know, you trust in any situation. You know, um, wanted to be careful with him a little bit. Obviously, that's why you know Pete went out there and. Um, just kind of yanked a heater to where we didn't want to go. But, uh, you know, you're looking at you being a little bit short in the pen after Jordy and uh, with the game already tied, you wanted to kind of keep uh, keep Timmy for a clean inning and extras. So there you go. That's John Schneider 
chatting to Hazel May. You know what, actually, there's another piece I want to play, and then we can kind of break down a little bit. This is more on John Schneider. I believe it is Keegan Matheson uh, talking to John Schneider. Keegan from MLB.com. Yeah, I mean, I thought he, I thought he handled the situation well, you know, for going, um, you know, double single and, and kind of, He's been in those spots before. You know, Yandy's a really good hitter. Um, tough to sneak a ball down the first baseline right there. Harold is a uh, he's a pain in the ass since I've known him in 2018, and he's a good hitter. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's just a good it's a good lineup. You know, it's a good team. Obviously, we're a good team. Um, you know, the ninth inning gets magnified a little bit, but overall, I think you look at kind of the middle innings and what we did to get back into the game. Um, I thought it was just a really good game from two teams. I I get why you'd want to perhaps shift focus less from the ninth inning meltdown and more towards the uh, the middle of the game, because Hey, the middle of the game was actually the best part of the game for everyone, for me included. We were all very excited here at baseball control, but uh, yeah, that's John Schneider talking about Jordan Romano handling the inning. So he mentioned the nail issue, I guess. uh, But again, if, if that's something you're aware of, boy, I mean, wouldn't you rather live and die with another very good pitcher? Like, wouldn't you rather live and die with Tim Meza? Or I, I know Jordan Hicks threw a number of pitches yesterday with Jordan Hicks, with Swanson. <laughs> I don't know with any of them. Not again, not because I, I personally don't have faith in Jordan Romano. I genuinely think he is a very good closer. He is amongst the top statistically relevant closers in not just the American League, but all of baseball. I know some people like Billy would have said, oh, well, stats be damned. Sometimes he makes it look like an adventure. And that is absolutely true. But he also looks very dominant at times. And this wasn't the the, the, the most dangerous version of the Rays lineup we've ever seen. And boy, it's that's a it's still if like knowing that there's some kind of issue, I think does make it a bit of a, a bit of a shame that this is what uh, this is what happened. This is what, how this one uh, this one ended. Yeah, David Kitchener, he should know better. Don't let Romano convince you to stay when it's clear it was an issue or at least a distraction. 100% agree, Dave. Absolutely agree. If you know it's an issue, don't put yourself in that position. That's where I fall on it. And it's just unfortunate because it really erases a lot of the good that this team did today, which, frankly, there's a lot of things. I see another one from John and Mississauga. Why is Merrifield going home? Two bad decisions in two games. You know what? I actually, I, I wanted to talk about this for sure. It didn't really feel like we were going to have to discuss this too, too much because they kind of played well enough to erase this snafu, but Merrifields gets sent in the uh, top of the seventh and the Kevin Kiermeyer hit to Harold Ramirez. It was right in that tough gray zone. What is, was it too shallow? Was it deep enough? I actually, at least on first glance, when I saw the ball in, in real time, I thought it was too shallow. Okay, that's that's just what I, that was my initial reaction. On the flip side, Merrifield is plenty fast enough to make the sprint. I actually do, maybe he's not as fast as he once was, but he's fast enough to get from third to home plate in a very short period of time. I actually do think that's a spot where you gamble, given that it is Merrifield on the bases, and there are probably only a few guys in the whole roster you gamble with in that position, and Merrifield being one of them. It's just that. Harold Ramirez right on the line when he made the catch. He delivers an absolutely terrific laser beam, a great throw right down the line to Christian Bethencourt at the plate. If anything, I actually thought, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I thought with Kiermaier at the plate, he's pretty decent at laying down a bunt, maybe a good spot for 
I don't know, safety squeeze or a squeeze bunt to get Merrifield. Again, a guy who can move pretty well from third to home. But again, on the flip side, Kiermaier has hit pretty well at the bottom of the order and even had a hit in this game before this. So I don't know. It's not the worst decision. We will debate on Jay's talk. Let's put it that way. But, you know, Ramirez, for example, and, and Schneider talked about him, maybe pain in the ass, but he's usually a, a DH. He's not usually an outfielder, even though obviously he can credibly play outfield, competently play outfield. But he's usually DH. It required a a perfect throw and he delivered one. I would, I, I truly believe like nine out of 10 times or I don't know, I mean eight out of 10 times Merrifield's probably safe in that situation. So again, it was it the best outcome. Obviously not, but for me, at least I, I'm not sure I'm going to put too much stock into why the blue Jays lost this game on that one in particular. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will certainly go back to your, uh, your phone calls and we'll go back to the text line as well. Five ninety five ninety name and location. And the text line, pardon me, the phone numbers to call 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Back to the phones, back to the text line on the other side of the break. You're listening to Stock Show Ali with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Stock on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you for uh, 20 more minutes or so, maybe a little less. Appreciate you all being alongside me. Unfortunately, a, uh, a less than sexy game to break down, <laughs> given the way this one ended. 7-6, the Blue Jays get walked off by the Rays at the Trop. Sets up the rubber match tomorrow. Yusei Kikuchi, Taj Bradley, the pitching matchup in that game. I will have Jays talk with Julia Kreutz. Will not be by myself tomorrow, which is always fun. And uh, Blair and Barker will got you, got you covered for the rest of the season, actually, after tomorrow, including next weekend. I will be along for the pregame, but not for the postgame next weekend. Blair and Barker have you covered right up until the end of the regular season. All right, let's let's uh, let's check out the Major League Standings Watch, brought to you by Bet365. Download the Bet365 app and check out the latest odds for today's baseball games. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So if we take a look at the current scores before we look at the action going on right now, the Rangers, they did beat the uh, Seattle Mariners yesterday. I believe the final score was like eight to four or something like that. They, they really took it to them uh, right now. The Rangers bottom three lead the Mariners one, nothing. And again, similar to yesterday, the Royals lead the Astros one, nothing mid three. So I suppose you are in, in theory rooting for the Rangers and Royals again, because the Rangers currently as we uh, discuss the standings update, they are leading the AL West. They are 85 and 68. The Rays with the win, they are 95 and 61. The Blue Jays are still in that second wild card spot. They are 86 and 69 following the loss. They are a half game up on the Astros, 85 and 69. But of course, the Blue Jays have the tiebreaker on the Astros. So even if they are both tied, so if the Astros do come back and win this one, and the Blue Jays and Astros are both 86 and 69. The Blue Jays will still be in the second wild card spot, so that will not change at least tonight. Uh, if the uh, Mariners do come back and beat the Rangers, they will be. They are 84 and 69 right now, so they will be tied with the Astros for the final wild card spot should they win. And uh, actually, funnily enough, if they win, all three of the Rangers, Astros, and uh, and and Mariners will be in a roughly s- similar position as they will be likely for the rest of the season. So a lot of uh, tightly bunched. G- teams in the standings update brought to you by bet three, six, five. All right, let's get to the text line. Five ninety five ninety. name, location. Anthony says, stop with the excuses. This manager is not too smart. 
Not sure. I'm not sure if that's like legitimately. I'm not sure if that's directed at me or if it's or if it's directed at John Schneider. I'm not sure. I've made many excuses for John Schneider today specifically, so it must be directed at John. But you're feel free to to clarify, Anthony. Uh, Jay from Brampton. I actually like this text from Jay. If you're if you're comfortable enough to pinch hit for Chappie, of course Chapman getting pinch hit for uh, by Biggio a couple of days ago against the Red Sox. I guess last weekend, I should say. How can you not make a call to lift Romano? How many games have we lost because of poor manager decisions? I think that's a completely valid criticism because clearly, and that was a big thing. I think we actually learned after that game that Chapman had never been pinched for ever. Certainly not in his career as a Blue Jay. But I think I think he meant dating back to his career as an Oakland Athletic. So if that's the case, and you you feel comfortable enough to do that, then boy, I that's a that's a, va- a valid point because. If you're if you're comfortable enough to do that, knowing that Romano had some kind of nail thing, then why leave him out there? Certainly, why send him out there in the first place if you knew it was an issue? But once he clearly didn't have it and it was clearly bothering him, why keep him out there? That's that's wild. Uh, Ruben in Alberta, you have to get to extra innings first. John out twenty seven was a bigger priority. Agreed. Uh, Justin in Perry Sound, <laughs> he, he said, "I was I was on hold to talk to you about the challenge thing, but I need a beer and a doobie to process what just happened, which is pretty funny, actually." <laughs> <laughs> enjoy Justin enjoy <laughs> I will not partake tonight but enjoy uh I see uh Valerie in Selkirk Manitoba uh yes trust your pitcher but is he honest with himself and I like this point from Valerie I go back to what Bassett said yesterday about knowing his body and it's funny we actually played that uh during the game today one of the pitching changes it was Bassett's sound from post game yesterday and one of the things he said I believe to Keegan again from MLB.com one of the things he said was a lot of guys I'm not saying Romano did this, but a lot of guys hide injuries or things that are wrong from the training staff or from the strength staff and that Bassett and that he's an old, I don't want to say he's an older guy. He's not that old, but, but you, know, you know what I mean? Like relative to newer people in the league, he's been around the block a number of times and he talked about how he's gotten major surgery before as well, which we all are aware of, but well before his tenure as a Blue Jay, but he he went on about knowing his body and, and, and trusting the staff to help him recover. And some guys want to, if not hide things, kind of try and power through things. And may, maybe that's what happened today. Maybe that is, maybe it's not, but boy, you gotta, like, you always have to do this, but these things become so much more magnified when you only have what? Seven games left now in the regular season. Uh, five games, I believe, will, no matter what happens, five, five wins, I should say, no matter what happens uh, with the Mariners, Rangers, or Astros, will clinch you a playoff spot. Now, I, I don't know how likely it is to say the Blue Jays are going to win five of seven games, if only because how many teams win five of seven games, especially in crunch time, especially against your division. That's a tall order. Obviously, I, I think it'll actually be less than five wins that gets you in at this point, if only because these other teams are going to beat up on each other and... You know, the, the Astros are going to play like the Diamondbacks at the end of the year, I believe. And the Diamondbacks still battling for a wild card spot uh, in the NL, which is, frankly, we don't talk about it ever, but it is just less, as tightly bunched as the AL is. If, maybe even more so because there are more teams involved. So the Diamondbacks fighting for a playoff spot, the Royals, courtesy of Bobby Witt and, and Salvador Perez and Edward Olivares and a lot of these guys battling to play spoiler, even though they're like 50 plus games under 500 at this point in the year. So I, nothing is guaranteed as we've discussed before, but uh, you know, I don't know if you want to necessarily be banking on other teams, beating other teams for you to make the playoffs. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Hyunjin Ryu uh, four and a third, seven hits, five runs, all of which were earned two K's three walks. He gave up three home runs for those five earned runs. Uh, so he gives up the home run to Yandy Diaz. He walks the guy 
before an out is recorded. Two guys on, Josh Lowe, who was the villain of this game, clobbers a three-run jack, easily his worst start since that first game back for him against the Orioles. He was a strike away from escaping that inning down just one nothing, but he leaves an 88-mile-an-hour four-seamer just, like, right down the middle. Like, as, as down the middle as it can be, and then Lowe doesn't miss on that one. He later on gives up a solo homer to Christian Bethencourt. All three home runs came off the four-seam fastball, which we know at the best of times uh, does not have high-end velo, so a very disappointing outing for Ryu, uh, certainly putting the Blue Jays in a bit of a hole. Uh, it actually got to the point, I don't know about you guys, where Bethencourt makes it 5 nothing with the solo shot. I, I thought at the moment the best thing for Ryu was to just get through one more inning. Give the bullpen a slightly more normal day, even with the off day on Monday. He came back out for the bottom of the fifth, but he only got the one out before getting yanked. Leaves two runners on for Trevor Richards. And we'll talk about the rest of the bullpen in a sec, but Ryu's 10th start since returning does kind of make you wonder about fatigue to a certain extent. And I think you only wonder about this because he's certainly a little bit older. He's coming off the TJ surgery. And it was just a bad combo of not being able to locate virtually any of his pitches and also not having great velocity, which... I, we know he never really had, even at the best of times. Uh, but for example, the two pitches we know he throws well, certainly the changeup, likely his his best pitch outright, as we know from his days, even as a Dodger or in the KBO, and the curveball, which has largely been great this year. But the movement on the changeup just didn't look to be there early on. And he did settle it down. And I think he threw like 30 plus pitches in the first inning. And he still goes out there in the fourth and gives up the bomb to Bethancourt. He just didn't have it today. Team was forced to go to the bullpen in the fifth inning. Richards comes in. So he inherits the two runners, first and second. I don't know about you guys. I was a little, kind of like the Jimmy Garcia conversation. I was a little concerned, given that Richards has not looked quite as sharp since coming off the IL versus, of course, the beginning of the season in which the changeup just looked unhittable. Uh, Before today, in seven appearances, the month of September, he had given up at least one earned run in five of those seven appearances. But the last time out, It was against the Yankees in New York. He didn't allow a hit, collected two strikeouts, and today he threw just 10 pitches to get two outs in the fifth. He he could definitely have come back out for the sixth, but the Jays changed the equation in that top six. So I actually do think it was the right move to go to your highest leverage arms, especially with the top of the order coming up there. And the guy who comes out is a guy who I've heaped praise on this year, and uh, he earned some more of it today. Chad Green comes out instead in the sixth and for two outs in the seventh, and he just looked nasty. Again, he is the perfect middle to late inning reliever. Like he can be used to hold the score where it is, or he can be used in very high leverage situations to put out fires. I personally think it's a no brainer to tr- at this point to trigger that complicated, that very complicated contract that would ensure he stays a blue Jay for, I think at least two more seasons, maybe another one after that, but he has truly looked fantastic. And now that he is healthy, because of course his first appearance in Colorado looked awful, but since then he has looked great. And I, and I just, now that he is healthy and looks good, sending him to work even more with Pete Walker, I would think it only be a good thing. Uh, Cause he, he was, uh, he was great. And I, I want to see more of him. You don't want to overwork a guy kind of like in the same vein of having the conversation of, of, uh, of Hyunjin Ryu talking about him, but you know, he's a bit older than Chad green, but still I, you got to find a way to keep, Chad Green, certainly with that, you know, there's, there are team options and player options and mutual options. It's a very complicated deal, but do what you got to do to keep him a Blue Jay. And uh, the Blue Jays had, as a team, they had worked that into their deal. Uh, and certainly, it's, I think it's something that has to be exercised. And, and of course, Yenesis Cabrera faces, uh, of all people, Josh Lowe and just wipes him out. And as we know, Lowe is a, a very dangerous hitter. 
So great to see Cabrera using that very high velo from the four-seamer to just overmatch one of the team's better hitters, um, even if it didn't end up mattering in the result uh, in the end. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 416-870-0590. 590 star 590 on your cell. Matt joining us from Mississauga. Matt, what's on your mind? How's it going? Um, I... Um... I love the Chad Green pickup. You, were, I, I just heard you mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our bullpen looks fantastic right now. Um, the decision for Jordan Romano today. I know everybody likes to bag on Schneider for putting Romano in um, in the ninth. There, I think you got to go with him in that situation. I just, I, I don't see. I didn't see anything wrong with his velocity. His slider looked great. He might have had a little bit of. I mean, he wasn't getting ahead in the count. Um, with those with the, in that last inning, but man, I, it's tough to go with somebody else when you got a closer like that at the end of the game, you're up one in Tampa and you need to get that win. I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm going with, uh, with Schneider's decision and Romano there. I think you have to. Well, Matt, after, let me ask you this, after he blows the save, do you, and cause there was a chance to put Meza or maybe anyone else in there. Do you, yeah, do you still yeah. keep him out there? That's, I think that's where I quibble with it the most. I mean, after he blows the save, it's easy to say that. Right. I mean, if he comes in and goes and goes one, two, three, um, you, you're, you're going, well, yeah, you, you, I mean, nobody's questioning anything there. If he, if he brings Tim Meza in, in that situation and, or, or, you know, um, Jordan Hicks, um, everybody's asking, well, why didn't he bring Romano in if right. he blow that game? Right. You know, so it's it's. I think I think that decision's a no brainer. I think he has to bring in Romano in that situation, especially if he is healthy or or. I mean, it looked to me, it looked he looked healthy. My one problem is is he's throwing so many sliders lately. It just it, it, he's he. I think I I I only saw him throw maybe one or two fastballs all inning that I really noticed. Um. And guys are starting to sit on that slider. Yeah, hey, man. I know it's 88, 89 miles an hour, but if you know it's coming, it's a little easier to hit. Yeah, man, I appreciate the call. Thanks for joining me on Jay's Talk. You're not wrong. The slider has been... It's been one of his pitches that I I don't have a a huge issue with him throwing it, but perhaps to that extent is where it starts to to confuse me a little bit, if only because we know his four-seam fastball has been so lethal. Right, I'm just looking at his uh, his pitch choices here, and yeah, he threw three sliders immediately to Yandy Diaz, threw two four seamers to him. He gets the double. He threw two uh, four seamers, Harold Ramirez, Ramirez singles. He throws two sliders to Curtis Mead. He threw four sliders in five pitches to Isak Paredes. He threw three uh, two sliders and three pitches to Caminero, and then he threw two four seamers. To, uh, to Josh Lowe, and the, the one in, in which Josh Lowe planted it just up the line in uh, left field was a 95.7-mile-an-hour fastball. It's not the it's certainly not the worst by uh, velocity fastball he's thrown, but, yeah, the location a little bit uh, to be desired. I don't know. Like I, I know what Matt's saying when he, when he says, oh, it's easy to say that after he blows the save, but it's just at, at that point, with a runner on third and a guy who has been very good at stranding inherited runners in Mesa in that specific situation... Don't you have to just throw the everything, including the kitchen sink, at this situation, right? Like, that's kind of why it was a little baffling. Like, yes, if you knew there was something wrong with Romano, that's it does kind of bother me a little bit that he went out there anyways, but he is the closer is the closer. I can buy into that as, to a certain extent. But at the point in which Lowe comes to the plate, 
The game is already going extras. Like, it's already going extras. And, like, I just... Trying to do... Doing something to mitigate the damage to make sure the game continues instead of ending right then and there is where I have the issue. And then, of course, he get, he stays in and the game ends. That's that's kind of the the, the big issue for me. Um, I wanted to talk... I mean, we got to talk a little bit about the offense in this, uh, in this last couple of minutes here. Uh... A problem today before they made the, the big rally was that almost all their runners got aboard with two outs, right? Like Bo gets aboard in the fifth with a single as a leadoff batter. And that was the first time in the entire game where they had a runner on with less than two outs. And uh, it's a tall order to consistently ask every batter to come to the plate to hold off with two outs, knowing that one or two guys are standing out there behind the pitcher, especially when you're down by five runs. But hey, George Springer gets some hard contact with first and at first and third, gets it off of Sean Armstrong, Bo, Vladdy, Cavan, all with timely hits. Uh, Armstrong, the, the whole bullpen got taken advantage of by the race today. Uh, Vladdy deserves some praise. He gets, uh, he walks twice as the base hit as an RBI single flared into center field. So good to see him looking better towards the end of the season. More praise for Kevin Biggio. One of the guys who went out there to hunt Armstrong in the six made some hard contact. And one of my favorite stories late in the season, because I really do believe these teams, you know, need these kinds of players. When Brandon Bell comes back off the IL, I'd still no real che- reason for that to change since it'll probably mean some answer Horowitz gets sent down. Bijou's role, I think, continues to deserve to be flexed at uh, at different positions. And I'm not too worried about George Springer until we hear otherwise, because he checks his swing, he lays down the bat. You never want like the side or the oblique to be some kind of issue, because if he's out, it'll be deplete a lineup that is already pretty thin, uh, and obviously would make the return of belts for which right now there is still no timeline even more important. But he did return to taking that bat, so perhaps a positive development for Springer. We'll see what he says. It was nice to just simply see the team pass the baton, especially when they absolutely needed to. Because you guys know I've said it many times that they just stop. Like, take some pitches. Take some pitches, guys. And you know what? They did that. It's nice to see them take some pitches, even if uh, we spend most of today talking about the decision with Jordan Romano in the ninth inning. It was uh, a pleasant development against one of the tougher teams in the uh, national Pardon me, the major major league baseball, almost a national football league. Already looking forward to a week three in the NFL. Uh, Blue Jays lose seven six to get walked off by the Rays. At least tomorrow, as Blair likes to say, they get to do it all over again. Last game at the Trop in the regular season, at least. Yusei Kikuchi, Tosh Bradley tabbed for that one. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. While the team makes a push for the postseason, make sure you are prepping your ride for cold weather with Crown, Canada's number one rust protection. Book your appointment today at crown.com or visit the location nearest you. For B&B, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show. I'll be back tomorrow with Julia to wrap things up. We'll talk to you then.